0: All right, guys, Mrs. Brightside is back on track. This week, we have Steve Kaufman. And if you're a big uh, pro wrestling fan, he has covered the WWE for AfterBuzz TV and other outlets for years. So you're probably going to know this guy. And I actually learn a lot about professional wrestling. I grew up a little bit of a fan playing WWF back in the day, uh, SmackDown with my brother. And of course, we would hit each other with uh, those lights, those big uh, light tubes. Uh, but we get onto that. I don't know why I'm rambling here. But yeah, guys, it is the bright side of pro wrestling fandom with Steve Kaufman.
1: Be that boo, it's Mrs. Brightside. Uh, open up the curtains look outside. What's outside? It's Mrs. Brightside. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, you are listening to Mrs. Brightside. As always, I'm your host, Lucretia Lyon. And with me today, I have... I'm Steve Kaufman. All right, and uh, Steve, we know each other from uh, AfterBuzz. The place of yeah. 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 yeah, that after, thing. AfterBuzz TV, <laughs> um, I've
1: grown from Buzz TV. I've Pretty much the second I got there, I covered pro wrestling, because pro wrestling is something I've mm-hmm. loved my whole life. And in the last, like, six months or so, I've grown to run... YouTube pages for many pro wrestlers, so I, as a lifelong pro wrestling fan, I have a lot to say about the the fandom, if you will.
0: Yeah, and, and pro wrestling is so interesting to me, because growing up in Texas, I thought it was very much more of like a southern, you know, Midwest sort of thing, mm. but moving out here to California, I find more people are into wrestling here than they ever were there, and it's a very misunderstood fandom. Well, yeah. it's definitely
1: a misunderstood fandom, and a little yeah. bit about southern wrestling, there's... Southern wrestling. Southern wrestling. There's wrestling, <laughs> yeah. which would be in the late nine, in the mid to late nineties. It was represented by the NWA, and then it kind of morphed into WCW, which was run by TBS, yeah. owned by Ted Turner. That was Southern wrestling. It was always a wrestling company. Whereas Vince McMahon, a third generation promoter out of New York, he ran a wrestling company. I run a professional sports, like a sports entertainment company. We're entertainment, and. It was always fascinating because, like those, existed for a long time. Where pro wrestling, as Vince McMahon would promote it, is completely different from how Ted Turner would promote it. Although Ted Turner didn't actually promote wrestling; he just owned a company. Yeah. But I just had to point that out. that, the man, it's it's also some of the cheapest TV to produce. So yeah. when television first started, it was one of the fir- Like every local television station could go to their local wrestling promotion. And get really cheap TV, and then the TV would get people into, would get people into the arenas, which is where all the money came from.
0: Yeah, because that was one of the few things that would actually come to Tyler, Texas, to the Oil <laughs> Palace. And, well, and the Von Erichs actually came yeah. from Tyler, so yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: my girlfriend actually is from my girlfriend is from a small town called Clayton, New Mexico, which yeah. is just on the border um of texas i believe el paso no el paso is el Paso's
0: on the new mexico board, but i believe yeah. she
1: went to college in las cruces and i went oh I yeah did it I had, mm-hmm. I had this crazy joyride. i feel like amarillo is the one closest to clayton
0: maybe because yeah amarillo then, is up at the panhandle if it's is, north Paso is
1: yeah. closest yeah. to uh, las cruces because i yeah. wound up in both while i was there and her father who she had never heard speak about wrestling spoke about like yeah, the Von Ericks and yeah. the Von Ericks. As I was growing up, they would run all up and down Texas. They actually ran. Uh, there was a gym in her high school in Clayton. And he was like, they actually ran that gym once. Oh wow! And I was like, the Von Ericks ran in Clayton? He was like, yeah, they just run everywhere. And it's definitely the uh, regionalization changed alongside Vince McMahon and Ted Turner because, or well, Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon Jr. took over for Vince McMahon Sr. and it went from the a regional promotion by which the Von Ericks. And 20, 30, 50 guys could work one promotion under the Von Erics and have a decent living and a decent house and they work all weekend, but they're still ultimately staying at their house in that Texas area. And there were like probably 50 to 20, or not 10 to 20 regional promotions like that until Vince McMahon got national television and really nationalized the business that now if you were a pro wrestler, you, you're away 300 dates.
0: Like yeah, that's actually your, you're at your yeah.
1: house two three nights a week.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is it's it's a lot of travel across the entire country, which is mm-hmm. so cool. and even in Canada because actually most of my favorite wrestlers were Canadian. Yeah, a lot of Canadian so, yeah, wrestlers,
1: yeah. And, like, and then like the the Heart Foundation, like the Heart mm-hmm. Foundation, like that that definitely a connection. Also, Canada is one of those places that likes hockey yeah, more than which most is the greatest American sport of all cities. time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, you are probably here today to talk about the bright side of wrestling fandom, is yeah. that I could, like, I could do a decent job of being an historian about wrestling, but wrestling fandom is something I have first-hand experience with, being a lifelong wrestling fan. Um, I There was another promotion that, at some point, would have been considered the third promotion in the country, called ECW. Which yeah, I started, remember ECW. Which <laughs> started as a promotion, an NWA promotion, because the NWA, at one point, ran all those regional promotions, and then they didn't, and then... They would have a national champion. It was this whole thing. Um, they were called Eastern Championship Wrestling, and they were the Philadelphia promotion that ran most of that northeast area, that northeast northeast region, so the East Coast region. And they so they were NWA ECW, and it was very notable that I believe Ric Flair went to WCW and dropped the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Some people will contest how exactly that happened, but the NWA World Heavyweight Championship was um, vacant. And they held a tournament through Eastern Championship Wrestling and crowned a gentleman named Shane Douglas, the yeah. NWA World Heavyweight Champion, who threw the belt down and anointed himself World Champion by way of ECW, which became Extreme Championship Wrestling. They ran out of a bingo hall in Philadelphia. Really? Not kidding. Like, now it's it's such a world fame. They call them... It's It was called Viking Hall at the time. The Mummers would run out of there, too. And... Uh, What do you call it? It was a bingo hall. Like, maybe 2,000 seats you could fit. Because it was a pretty big bingo hall. But it was still just a giant hall. It was a place you could rent cheap. And ECW ran out of there for so long that it became world famous that now it's actually kind of a world famous venue. (laughs) I couldn't tell you what they call it now. Because, like, it keeps changing owners. And, like, at one point they called it the arena.
0: I think it's working now. There we go. I think at one point it was called the arena,
1: but then it was also Viking Hall. I couldn't tell you what it's called now, but I went to shows there after ECW folded cuz I was born in 86 and ECW folded around 0102.
0: Yeah, cuz I remember when it went away cuz I even had their one video game, I think. They, they, they had, had two had, video games.
1: Oh, well, but yeah. A claim yeah. who had made a claim who, who had made WWF Attitude. Which was yeah. the, which was the the last video game acclaim made for WWF. They got a contract with ECW and pretty much redressed the WWF Attitude to be an ECW game. And I that, think yeah, I've exactly seen that was. one. It yeah, was an it was awesome so game. Funny. WWF yeah. Attitude was actually an awesome yeah. game.
0: I loved SmackDown. Those were our favorites. Well, the Smackdown, creative player was so funny. Because
1: then they jumped. That was when they jumped out yeah. of the THQ. That relationship yeah. ran a really long time. But SmackDown was the first game under the THQ banner, which. I don't know. At the time, you didn't know what you wanted or didn't want the the SmackDown game through THQ and what THQ did that entire run. Those were actually better video games. Oh, yeah. Whereas, up until then, I thought Attitude was great, but you, to literally, to do someone's finisher would take, I think, a seven or eight, combina- like, yeah a seven or eight button combination <laughs> to do a finisher. Um but back to ECW, yeah. I, there was a promotion called CZW that was Combat Zone Wrestling, and that also ran out of Viking Hall. It was called Viking Hall at the time, and I was probably 14 or 15 when that started happening, so that was when I was at a responsible enough age to go to wrestling shows by myself and like be a part of that community, and it was a rabid community. Oh, wow. Like it's a very rabid community, and Philadelphia is what's known as kind of a heel town, the, to be a, and a heel is a bad guy, babyface is a good guy. So to be like an over babyface in Philadelphia, you would have to just be kind of a badass ass. With, mm-hmm. You can explicit tag, yeah, right? cool. Yeah. You would cool. have to be kind of a badass. It's
0: my podcast. You can say whatever well the perfect, fuck you want, right?
1: <laughs> um, but you would have to like so much so that like CZW coined what they called ultra violence.
0: Oh, yeah. Which,
1: going back and watching it, I kind of felt like...
0: It was like the barbed wire bats, like they, yeah. You know, oh, it was, was like, light, yeah. light tubes were their thing. Yeah.
1: Like, they would have a light tube table. And they we would, used
0: to do that shit with oh, yeah. my brother. Oh, like,
1: <laughs> but, like, it used to be, like, a, like a graduated yeah. level of, um, like, their annual tournament was... Or their annual... Their big annual um, cage match was called the Cage of Death. And, like, there It would be a giant cage with, like, a bunch of crazy stuff in it like, a cactus, and there was a guy whose name was Wifebeater. His name was actually Wifebeater, and he would come out with a weed whacker, and there's video he would actually, like, on occasion, like, when the the story would build for it, of course.
0: Yeah, because that's (laughs) the best part of wrestling, is the story. It's very much like a soap opera.
1: It is very much like a soap opera, and that's, I think, when you hear about crowds kind of crapping on matches, that's pretty much what actually happens. Yeah. Like, and... To talk about it more recently, WrestleMania just happened in New Orleans. It's my third consecutive WrestleMania, probably oh, wow. my fifth or sixth WrestleMania I've ever been to. And they do WrestleMania in a giant um, football stadium. And then the next night, they do Monday Night Raw in like a hockey arena. So a football stadium, 80,000 people, there's a bunch of international fans, it's whatever. Football stadium, those same diehard fans who've been there for a week who are really vocal about what they want. In the face of what's written. yeah so like this year was fairly tame compared to previous years where fans just get so rapid and so nasty about who they don't like, who what they don't want to see. and it's to a point where every time you watch a Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, <laughs> Michael Cole, the lead announcer goes, okay every like they open on them and you go okay everybody, this is the raw after WrestleMania, the crowd tends to get a little crazy. Sometimes they boo who you're supposed to cheer, cheer who you're supposed to boo, and it's just silly. It's silly that they do that because yeah. like, they, we should be the people you want to win over. And like, I'll give them credit. In the past two years, they've actually won us over on that Raw Aftermania. That like, there was very little actual hijacking, as they call it, where like, because in years pla- past, I've been a part of waves where like, literally the entire arena in the middle of a match is just like, we don't care. Here's a wave. Beach ball.
0: Yeah.
1: People will bring beach balls and just start playing with beach balls. It was actually really funny. Last year, um, last year, they weren't, they weren't in Dallas last year. They were in Orlando last year and a wrestler named Cesaro. Noticed that people were playing with a beach ball in the middle of his match. And he literally steps out of the ring, hops the guardrail, hops the guardrail, finds the beach ball and destroys it. And like, screams something to the effect of like, I'm working in the ring. Beach balls are for commercials. Like, it's something like that. But, like, I think that gets down to, like, the passion. The passion of pro wrestling fans that, in moments like that, don't look the best. Yeah. There was another terrible moment in uh, San Jose. In San Jose where um they had a six-woman tag team match. And the fans couldn't care. The fans could not care less about the women in this tag team match or the women in this tag team match. So much so that... um if I remember correctly, it was Naomi. Naomi, who was is is dating a a gentleman sure. on the roster, AJ, who is dating a, a gentleman who's no longer who was no longer on the roster, and um, I want to say it was Nikki Bella who was dating John Cena at the yeah. time, and that's what people were chanting instead of anyone in the ring or the match or anything, and like they just hijacked this match, and like it was not our. Greatest moment. I can also say as someone who runs YouTube pages that have comment sections for wrestling fans, wrestling fans are not the best.
0: Yeah, and that's what's funny is in very similar to like soap opera fans or comic book fans or whatever something, but that just shows it is something that people are that passionate about. Because when you're, you're a dick about something that isn't like your immediate family... Or your dog who keeps making noise throughout this podcast—it's <laughs> like, yeah, but you must really love it, yeah. But that's the yeah. thing. And like,
1: I think. Uh, also, the last time WrestleMania was in New Orleans, it was Batista. Yeah, Batista had they had the Royal Rumble, which is the the big event before WrestleMania, w- by which there's a 30 man battle royal. The winner of that battle royal faces the world champion at WrestleMania. Um, Batista comes back. I like. They Yo, wanted to make it, un- and this, by the way, was the WrestleMania, which happens in April before Guardians of the Galaxy. So, like, there was no reason for us to not like Batista. Yeah. If done properly, I think what had happened was, and somebody, Guardians is awesome. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, is amazing. And This was before. Yeah. Granted, like, I don't yeah. think he, I don't think even Marvel expected it to be well, quite was, as huge yeah. as Marvel, like as Guardians of the Galaxy was. But Batista wanted to give back to the industry that brought him to this place that brought him to a place where he can be in a huge Marvel movie and be in the event like be in Avengers Infinity War and then there's gonna be a third Guardian and a theme park ride like like that could be that's a life-changing thing and it happened because he was a pro wrestler and because ultimately because of pro wrestling fans so he wanted to do something to help them he wanted to do something to help to A to like give back to wrestling fans who like him but B give back to the industry That made him. That's such an incredibly noble... Yeah. Such an incredibly noble reason to do it that WWE just pretty much botched it. If I remember the story correctly, someone at a... An announcer at a house show got information they shouldn't have gotten and announced that Batista would be there next time they come to town. But that that was not information they should have had. No. And... and because that had happened and the internet was kind of in an uproar and like everyone kind of, not in an uproar, but the internet was in a fervor that Batista was coming, that they had to announce it early that yes, Batista's coming back, he'll be in the Royal Rumble. And then they start using that to promote the Royal Rumble. The only problem is there's a guy named Daniel Bryan that everybody loved, yeah. who was having a match at the beginning of the Royal Rumble and everyone assumed he would be in the Royal Rumble. Um, uh, what uh we call it, Batista's in the Royal Rumble. Number 30 is I believe Rey Mysterio, who was also yeah, I
0: love Rey Mysterio. Everyone
1: booed Rey Mysterio.
0: What?
1: Because he wasn't Daniel Bryan. No other reason. They booed Rey Mysterio because he was not Daniel Bryan. They wanted Daniel Bryan. And then Batista wins the Royal Rumble match, and people boo that. And then it, it you build to this giant crescendo where the fans got so loud and so vocal and so supportive of Daniel Bryan... That they wound up having a match where it was Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. Earlier in the day, the winner gets to move on. The or if I believe it was if Daniel Bryan wins, he gets it gets to be a three way match at the end of the night. And then they had to change the plans for WrestleMania because they were so passionate and vocal about Daniel Bryan. Um, however, <laughs> Dave Batista could have been world champion. Yeah. And in the number one movie in the country, which would have been better business. Yep. However, we were so not on board with what we felt was being like forced on us that we pretty much hijacked an entire WrestleMania. Now, I don't know. I feel like my guys is like a lot of these things feel negative when I'm saying them, but like I think I'm. I feel like I keep guising them back to positivity. There is a lot of negativity among wrestling fans. I think it's partly because you and I come from the same idea of fandom that sometimes a portion of fandom is you, it gets to be exactly what you want in your mind while you think about the future, while you recklessly speculate about what it could be, that wrestling fans take to another level.
0: Well, and a lot of that fandom, you know, good fandom versus bad fandom, or however you want to put it, does come with maturity. Because when you're a little kid, You do see yelling, you know, you want this person there. But as adults, we're like, okay, well, this is obviously the better marketing thing. That's what I always go with, like, you know, because I'm a fan, but I'm also in the business, much like you, and it's like, I would never want to, like, crap on someone's work or anything like that just because I'm in the business and I know what that is. So I was trying to, like, very, you know, well, Mrs. Brightside, be that about (laughs) it, you know, and try to look at all angles as opposed to someone who maybe isn't in our position as well. exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I would hope that my spin on all these things is fairly positive, although I did happen to hear Batista in an interview fairly recently um, say something to the effect of, man, I missed the time when everyone would just sit down and watch the product. Yeah. And like, I don't know how there weren't pitchforks for Dave Batista in that moment from wrestling fans who I'm like kind of harsh. I was kind of harsh at the time about what was happening there. But years later could have conceded of like, we were kind of mean to Dave Batista. Yeah. And then here he is coming right back at us. And also, just because we're on that thread, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly they wanted to do something with Dave Batista. they reached out to him, and then never reached out to him again. Wow. For, WrestleMania, for this for this upcoming WrestleMania, which is weird, because once again, he's the guy in...
0: He's Drex in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's <laughs> in the
1: Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe, which is, what, the second or third... Big, like, highest grossing, um, if you consider the MCU as one thing, it's, like, up there with, like, Bond and Harry Potter and Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. As a, as a, fran- as a top grossing franchise. Yeah,
0: he's in Avengers Affinity War. Do you know how much Vince McMahon probably is pissed he couldn't hook on that? Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, Vince McMahon is, if, yeah. by some accounts, Vince McMahon, by many of the accounts, I believe, is not incredibly out of touch. Yeah, he may have just seen Guardians of the Galaxy, like yeah. like this week. Oh well, and that's generous. Like, I, yeah, he's very out of touch. Like, from all accounts, and from all accounts that seem to be verified, he seems incredibly out of touch. But we're like, it's weird to not. It's weird to talk about wrestling fans without just like yeah. really getting into who these people are and why we care. And I think part of the fandom is. And the reason I got involved in Afterbuzz and like the podcasting world is even when it will even when wrestling's not great, these like we're in a time when it's best to talk about it and follow it. Yeah. Like it's like some like I'll look back on whole pay per view cards where I was like, there's I didn't none of those matches were any good. But I still remember having joy and excitement because there was something exciting about following pro wrestling.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'll say because I know, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of stuff that's been around for a while like the Evil Dead franchise or, you know, Supernatural and things just keep coming out or whatever, much like you with wrestling. And then you have these people that love to crap on it and then be like, it's not good. It's like That's part of the fandom. Yeah, and you're just like, how are you a fan? It's like whether it's objectively good in like the eyes, but in the fans' eyes, I'm like, as I say, I'll watch Supernatural till Jensen and Jared die. I like... Seriously, but like you, it's you also, not that great sometimes, but it's still fun. And you also won't yeah. defend it. And it exactly. Like, yeah. But
1: th- like, there are just so many, so many people in so many comment threads dealing in so many absolutes of just what it absolutely is, absolutely isn't. And here's why John Cena is terrible. And like, <laughs> just to just to say, I am uh. not the biggest supporter of John Cena the character. I don't think he's made a lot of sense in a very long time.
0: But the person... I love John Cena. He's, yeah. Oh, he's... Yeah.
1: Like, i He was on the... Whatever Chris Harbert calls his podcast now. He was on ID10T, promote...
0: exactly. I think, Yeah.
1: He was on that to talk... To promote um, Blockers. So yeah. it was like the week I got into New Orleans and I was listening to it. And I texted the link to a bunch of people and I was like, John Cena is the self-actualized Hulk. Yeah. Like, he is... He's the most self-actualized person I've ever heard. Which is great because he comes out to the ring... And his like his music, beep, 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 beep.
0: Mm-hmm. the fans
1: literally chant "John Cena sucks, oh. John Cena sucks" in in unison, like to a point that I don't like. I think most people enjoy doing that and actually enjoy John Cena. I think he's an incredible talker. My main issue is there was a time when he couldn't lose. Oh yeah. There was a time where it was very clear he couldn't lo- lose, and there was a time where his matches, his shtick, if you will was just so boring and lazy and like but then again I kept watching and then I kept <laughs> tweeting about it and I kept making the thing bigger that like I don't know I I started to get enjoyment out of the fact that, like you know
0: what I don't I like that I have the freedom to not like John Cena and well it's the love to hate sort of yeah. thing just like you would with a soap opera or a character on any mm-hmm. you know other show like there are some people it's like uh, no I wouldn't want them to go away because then what would I have to bitch about but what's different about? <laughs>
1: uh wrestling versus a soap opera most people who love a soap opera talk about the people like they're real people still like oh i didn't like that he did that whereas a wrestling fan what wrestling fans do a lot of times is the equivalent to saying i didn't like that jimmy didn't do enough um backstory on that character (laughs) to really get into his motivations and that 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 didn't ring true for like Wrestling fans are actually so passionate that their criticisms read like studio notes. <laughs> they read like script notes of like that doesn't doesn't ring well for me with that character.
0: So wrestling fans are a little bit more grounded than soap opera fans. That's so funny to me. I, guess, I like that. Yeah, because, <laughs>
1: well, because and I think it, it lends itself to the idea that like I compared a lot to figure skate. I compare wrestling a lot to figure skating in the sense that you don't you don't go and watch figure skating, uh, presuming it's, um, presuming that, like, the, the like couple single, like, um, double single skating, like, you don't presume that they actually like each other.
0: Yeah.
1: More often than not, the guy's gay. But...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But, like, you don't presume that, but they tell you a story within the allotted time in a very physical and transformative way that not only are they in love, but the story and the... the the bits, the bits and the pieces, and the athleticism all lead up to telling you that story, and making you feel feels. That like, I don't know, like I guess a soap opera because it's a pre-written thing. It's a pre-written thing with character actors playing characters, and like, although I I know a lot of soap actors who have yeah. the pro- have the problem where most people can't separate them from the actor. Which I mean, if you're on a show five days a week all the time. I'd, I'd have a lot of trouble separating you from that person, too. Like, wrestlers aren't on TV as much as soap opera Yeah. People. As much as soap opera people are on TV as their as their character, who is usually, like, you would assume wildly different from them personally.
0: Not always, but, you know, some of them. Because yeah, <laughs> I, as we say, I have a lot of soap opera fair. actor friends, so I'm like, yeah,
1: fair, but fair like, amount, yeah. But, like, I do think that that's a level of passion. And I think that's that can get bad and toxic sometimes. Because... Like, any group think. Yeah. Also, rest, I will point out, while we're on, like, this started as, like, me trying to say why wrestling fans are the worst, and I can, <sighs> never, like, to to like to then turn and, like, explain, like, the better things, and, like, every time I just keep getting back to, like, well, no, but that's because they're passionate. Yeah. It's because they're that passionate. Is. There's nothing no. like, I'm trying to think of, like, terrible things wrestling fans have done, like, large swaths of wrestling fans where it's, like, oh, man, that was bad, where it's, like. No, like, there have been moments, there have been moments where arenas of people have just chanted the wrong thing in that moment, and they probably all regret it. Yeah. But, like, or they don't care, like, I'm and, like, I can, I'm sure there's anecdotal evidence of that one guy, or that one comment, or, like, this one thing where, like, it's pretty bad, but, like, by and large, like, I can stand by wrestling fans as a group, as a group that are, like, that I'm, like, no, but they, they get what they want, they're doing, like, they're all about their stuff. Why did I say stuff? I could say shit. Yeah.
0: That's
1: a thing I could do. Um, that said, like, I've talked to other people who run YouTube pages, and they've taken, like, and I would send them my YouTube, all the YouTube pages I run, and the number one, the number one note I get from a lot of people who run YouTube pages is, like, dude, you need to shut off your comments.
0: <laughs> well. People
1: are saying vile, terrible things <laughs> in your comments, and you're not even, and you're not even, like, deleting a comment. Oh, wow. And I was, like, did you listen to the audio? <laughs> that's actually they're actually on task like
0: well it, and and like it is one of those things it's like sometimes bad press or bad comments are still good in a way because it's like okay they're they listened and they're angry about it well because it made them well, feel something
1: well it's yeah. well known that i run yeah. I run the youtube page for a gentleman named bruce pritchard he was creating yeah. executive at wwf wf into WWE like a very long period of time and he does a very narrow-viewed podcast called Something to Wrestle With, Bruce Prichard. And then his co-host is a gentleman named Conrad Thompson. They just got a show on the WWE Network last night. You should probably subscribe to it. Or not. Just subscribe <laughs> to my YouTube channel. It's, it's about the the YouTube channel I run for them, however you want to go about that. Um, but there were a couple comments today that, like, because Conrad, I guess, hadn't really appeared publicly as much as Bruce had, that until this network show that dropped yesterday, there were a bunch of comments about Conrad's appearance or his weight on a bunch of the videos that he wasn't even appearing in those videos. So I deleted the comments. And it was one of the few times I remember, like...
0: Yeah, because that doesn't have like, anything to do with it. That yet. has nothing...
1: To, whereas, yeah. like, people jumping in and saying, man, Bruce Pritchard's such a liar, he kisses Triple H's ass, how dare he, blah, 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 like, <laughs> That's actually on brand. Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, that works. You're actually bringing something to this, like...
0: Yeah, as long as it advances the discussion or is an opinion of what is going on, I really don't mind. Yeah, it, like, I
1: can't delete that comment, yeah. whereas a lot of a lot of people who moderate stuff, who do a lot of moderation are like, you have to silence this. Okay. And I'm like, once again, if you just, like, jump in my comments, if you jump in the comments of this page, like, spouting racist bullshit, yeah, you're yeah. gone. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like no, that, I,
0: racist and homophobic things are not okay, but just about anything else is, eh, But okay. there was also a
1: moment, um where Conrad would hold uh, Bruce Pritchard to task, there was a clip where, I believe they are talking about, there's a gentleman named Booker T, he happens to yeah. be an African-American gentleman, came in from WCW, worked a program with uh, Triple H, who aforementioned, uh, where Triple H, in the process of saying what, I believe what he meant to say was, we don't really let people like you become world champion. And by people like you, contextually... I, I remember watching at the time and took it to mean people like you who represent Southern Wrestling.
0: Yeah, yeah just from un- WCW. It was yeah, unfortunate yeah. that yeah.
1: like most people who were in WCW yeah. at the time had guaranteed contracts through yeah. Turner. That WWF, in order to take them at all, would have to buy them out, and they all had like well, and WWF did, or WWF WWE at the time came at them with like a guy like Goldberg had a guaranteed contract yeah. with, with Goldberg with, was
0: great though with him. Turner regardless <laughs> of
1: whether. Regardless of whether or not WCW stayed in business, so when WCW went out of business, the WW the WWF, WWE, the best they could come at him with is give up your contract and we'll pay you the same, to which he said, no, no, I'm going to sit at home,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not wrestle. And then, like, so Booker T was one of the few guys actually came over and... But there was there there was a really there was a really hot clip there was a really hot clip on my on that channel about how and forgive me if I'm saying my channel but like yeah. this, I'm literally eight hours a day it, it handling, is your like, channel if you're doing the, the work channel I yeah, run. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not saying I'm it's it's not my podcast and it's certainly not one hundred percent my channel it's their channel but like that's it's hard to it's hard to separate when you do that much work on it and uh, there were a bunch of comment and then comment was pretty much holding Bruce to task because. Sounds like Bruce had written this, had written this stuff, and Conrad pretty much held, held Bruce to task about, yeah, but if, Razzling's predetermined spoilers. You knew Booker T wasn't going to win. What service are you doing, Booker T, by telling him, by having your world champion, yeah, and we now that like future of, future owner of the company, we now like that's kind of well known at the time too. Tell him like guys like you. Like, that doesn't help your case if he's going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, he kept holding on the task, and then, like, there was even worse quotes that I'm not really getting to, because I don't want to misquote them, about this promo that, were, that made it out to be fairly racist. And the comments on this video were fairly split between, man, Bruce Pritchard's kind of full of shit here, Bruce Pritchard's puckering up for Triple H so he can get a WWE Network show, which he did, all the way down to... Um, Man, Comrade Thompson's such a social justice warrior. He should just let it. He should just let things be. And as much as I would oh, like, well. as much as my personal taste would want to censor a comment like that, that comment is completely on brand and yeah, one hundred percent opinion. Yeah, an opinion you're allowed to have. You can't like, like I, I don't know. I'm. It's a whole thing. But like, when it comes to like, and once again. You talk like most people I know who run who moderate forums. Freedom of speech means something completely different to them. Yeah, <laughs> so like, you're like well, no, you can't spout racist bullshit unless it's on task with the video. Yeah, and that—that's that was just another moment. Like, and when I like when I try to get into like some wrestling fans get a bad rap. Some of them are that person saying like, man, like man, comrades being such a like a sissy and a cry, I don't know, like a cuck, a crybaby, and like a social justice warrior. I think those are all trigger words. We know the kind of person yeah. that's probably saying those things, and it's unfortunate that their politics are getting into their wrestling. Like, but that's also they're allowed to have that opinion. Yeah. And I think I don't know. However, um, I think what's the one I want to get to? Um, yesterday, Bruno San Martino left us, oh. and Bruno San Martino had sold out Madison Square Garden allegedly 187, or 188 times, which is impressive. There's a gentleman by the name of Dave Meltzer. He is pretty much like one of the best journalists in sports. Yeah. Like I will give him that. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of the like he's one of the best journalists in sports. And we get the news yesterday morning that uh, Bruno San Martino has left us. I lit and by the like on a side note, Bruno San Martino is was the exact kind of old I wanted, I've always wanted. Yeah. Which is he was sharp and buff and then he died. He also died at eighty two, so he had so many years as sharp, sharp and buff. Whereas, like his mind never lost him. And I know you don't get to choose, but if I got to choose, that's what I would choose. Also, it turns out he'd been in the hospital for two months, and we didn't find out. We didn't find that oh, out until yeah. this morning. But um, everyone's tweeting their condolences. He's like one of the found, like one of the founder. Like he ran that. He worked for Vince Senior in that New York territory, and it like sold out Madison Square Garden, and it was all this stuff, and I, like, just heard an interview with him, and it was, like, a really sad moment. And I heard about it, not because Dave Meltzer had tweeted, my thoughts and prayers are with Bruno Martino and his family, which I'm sure happened. Yeah. But, like, literally within hours of Bruno Sammartino um, passing, Dave Meltzer tweeted the news, and then he said, this is someone I consider a friend, however the 187 or 188 Madison Square Garden sellouts is one of wrestling's biggest myths. Huh. Whew. Like, dude. Dude is still... Like, wherever he died, the body is still probably there. Yeah. And Dave Meltzer picked that moment to talk about... Like, to just import taste, talk about how... What would be considered one of that man's greatest accomplishments was actually one of wrestling's biggest myths. Yeah, and I was never more proud of wrestling fans than when I looked at the responses to Dave Meltzer. Oh man, like to, where yeah, you can channel that, that yeah. snarkiness for good. It was just like anything from like man read the room to like to like man you. It wouldn't be a big myth if it happened in the Tokyo Dome with three flips. <laughs> Dave Meltzer does a five-star review system that we all kind of fall in line with because, like, when you're that good a wrestler, when you're that good a journalist in your field, what you say kind of goes for a lot of things. And he created a five-star review system that is incredibly jaded toward not only just Japanese wrestling but Japanese wrestling in the Tokyo Dome. there's a certain amount of flips and like there's a lot of stuff and just like I was never more proud of wrestling fans than I was yesterday when. Once again, people who didn't block him, people who aren't trying to shout him down, people who are just like, like what I would have DM'd him if he follows me back, which is, hey asshole.
0: Now is not the time.
1: Now is not the day. Like, you're probably right. You're easily one of the best journalists in sports. I don't want you to, like, if Barry Bonds dies tomorrow, I don't want... I don't want the best journalist in baseball to talk about by the way he was on roids.
0: Yeah, because even though it'd be, you know, funny later when things are funny, because now there's an AIDS comedy, now stuff, you know, yeah, comic like... tragedy plus time equals comedy. If you did Bill uh, Barry Bonds, asterisk died, that is a really well-formed joke. But that's not a joke you say that day. <laughs> or, like, not a joke you say as yourself. Yeah. Like, I just... I, I usually send mine to angry white male comedians. Because <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> like, I'm like, hey, you guys, say this.
1: Like, the, the people who fit the, the... Like, it was just so out of character. And, like, so many people just jumped in his mentions, jumped in his replies. And, like, I saw something this morning where he was still kind of defending it. it. As, like, facts are facts. And I'm like, bro. Like, a person died. Yeah. A person went... Like, can they have a day or two to just, like... Can they have a... Like... And he just kept talking about it as, like... And this is coming from someone who was his friend. And I'm like, what? Yeah, man. I don't want to be friends with Dave Meltzer if that's how... If that's what he thinks a modicum of respect is for a friend. But I was... To bring it back to the bright side of pro wrestling fandom, I was so incredibly pleased with how pro wrestling fandom turned on, in some cases, like, their, their god and savior, Dave Meltzer. Like... It was just... It was a really funny moment. Yeah. That we were... I think we had a good transition to it. I had to point it out. But, uh... I'm trying to think...
0: Yeah, because it's like, that's getting together and being passionate dicks for a good cause.
1: Just a good cause. And, like... Once again, and I'm sure somebody can find an example of somebody going too far... Yeah. Going too far in that context against Dave Meltzer, but by and large, what I read was just really snarky comments or... Hey man, that's insensitive. Yeah, like if you were Bruno, like if David San Martino read that, how do you think David San Martino feels today? And how do you think he'd feel if he read that? Like that's how you should feel. Like
0: yeah, you should um, think about their you're kids. You're
1: not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. But today is not the day to care about an innocuous fact. Now, once again, when it comes to news reporting. If people were reporting him as dead today, and he was dead yesterday, or not dead at all, yes, then I care about the facts yeah. about Bruno San Martino. But he wasn't even contesting anything remotely that had anything to do with the news of yesterday. So much as he went out of his way to talk about the biggest myth in pro wrestling was, and then he clarified it today, it was like that number was more like 70 to 90, which is still incredibly impressive, but like they like to inflate numbers. And I'm like, of course they do. Yeah. Of course they do, mainly because, like, there wasn't an internet. Yeah. You weren't there yet. <laughs> you weren't there, like, when you were covering pro, like, any time Dave Meltzer was covering pro wrestling, that's actually a time, I don't know, that I'm, I'm trying to not get fired up forever because it happened. <laughs> we yeah. shouted him down, like, I didn't even have to say shit. Yeah. I didn't have to jump on those mentions, like, I was late enough to this party that there were easily 500 replies saying how I felt way better than I could have. I was like, cool. Yeah. Cool, I'm, I can move on with my life and, like, feel bad about Bruno and, like,
0: like, make snarky comments on a podcast the next day. Yeah. (laughs) Like... That's why we have podcasts, is to make snarky comments. Even when it's called Mrs. Brightside. Pretty much. Yeah.
1: And I I don't know, I guess what we're learning about the fandom of pro wrestling is that (laughs) there is a positive spin to be had on, granted, a bunch of people, like, gleefully brigading somebody on Twitter (laughs) the day somebody else died... Like, that, th- those tenets sound like terrible things, but if you put them in context, it's like, oh, but, yeah, Dave Meltzer said a really shitty thing.
0: Yeah. And <laughs>
1: it's our job to tell him he said a shitty thing. Yeah. That's all. Like, we're not going after his sponsors. We're not unsubscribing from his newsletter.
0: Yeah, because he put his foot in his mouth. He didn't say something. He's not backing yeah.
1: down, though, which is uh, funny. That's, I, yeah. I feel like this yeah. isn't the first time he's done this, either.
0: Like, dude, dude, you know. Like, God, like, read the room. yeah. But good lord!
1: But that's it was frustrating. Speaking of frustrating, sometimes speaking and speaking of putting <laughs> your foot in your mouth and how, um, and we were talking a bit about how Vince McMahon, all reports say that he's a little out of touch. There was a wrestler in those ter- in the in those territory days, all the way into like those New York days, named Fabulous Moolah. Yes, uh, you, you, I, I know the you fabulous probably caught video. these. You probably caught these headlines at this point that Fabulous Moolah and she like. She was world champion for easily 30 or 40 years, partially because she owned the women's world championship. And she did a lot for a women's wrestler women's wrestling in the sense that before her there wasn't you didn't remotely take women's wrestling seriously, but after her you did. However, she was also very much a hustler. Yeah. And this is putting it mildly and like I'm not trying to misreport something I have no I had no part in. However, by any cooperative report I've ever read, she is guilty of at the very least being shady, <laughs> and this is at the absolute one hundred percent very least. So much so that she was the she was a women's wrestler who made it up through the ranks, um, would uh, get a get a like garner a relationship with all the promoters in the country. So much so that if they wanted women wrestlers, they went to Mula. Moolah then ran a school that the student that pretty much her interns are like, and once again, this isn't that, like, this is shady shit that people do today. Oh, but, yeah. Like, w- we're then,
0: well aware of, you know, yeah, of like, this but, stuff going on. I know, yeah, like, Moolah
1: <laughs> never ran the school. Like, she had a bunch of interns run the school. Also, to, to work at the, to, like, go into the school, not only did you have to pay tuition for the school, but then you also had to live on site at the school. The site happened to be these condos that she already owned.
0: Like this is irrefutable.
1: No one's coming out and saying this. These were like these are irrefutable facts. She owned the condos. You were required to to rent those condos from her. Pay money to go to her school that she wasn't even teaching. And if you stepped out of line, it was implied heavily that she knew every promoter in town. And if you wanted to be a lady wrestler, you had to go through
0: her. Uh, this really we, does sound a lot like a place that we know be, so well. Like, had to be yeah. one of
1: Lula's girls.
0: Huh. Now, that by
1: itself is um, some white-collar malfeasance. Moreover, there are reports by which she had sent underage women who were in her school over <laughs> to promoters for a photo shoot where it was in heavily implied by both parties that sex would also happen. Now these reports are unsubstantiated. I'm not trying to say shit that yeah. like can't be proved. Like I'm not trying to prove an unproved. Like, well, it's were,
0: implied that but, a lot of these things. I guess allegedly. Yeah, we'll there use was, that word. Allegedly, that, allegedly is a good allegedly. word. And like, yeah. there
1: were enough of these allegedly after she died, because I think she still very much had a huge hold on this business because she. um... She came back in the late 90s and became women's champion again.
0: Yeah, because I remember her being in like, the, women, one of those her, her, count, her, yeah.
1: her and her friend Mae Young. Yeah. We both came back and like they worked. They worked a decent amount until until Moolah passed first and then Mae Young passed later. They're both WWE Hall of Famers. Um, I remember in the last like couple years when these allegations came out, WWE went out of their way to distance themselves from Fabulous Moolah. So much so that last June they had a thirty-two women tournament down in Florida that I went to. And instead of naming it after like the credentials I just mentioned in Ring of Fabulous Moolah, you'd think you'd name it after Fabulous Moolah. They didn't, they named it after Mae Young. Hmm. They called it the Mae Young Classic, which to me was the first reason of like, oh, they're not gonna name stuff about Moolah. They're not just they're just not gonna talk about Moolah. They're gonna give her um the I don't know if you give her the Benoit, tre- the Chris Benoit treatment so much as you give her just like a. Eh, if it comes up, we'll mention her, but not really.
0: Yeah, because the Chris well. Benoit incident was—I mean, because th- that happened when I lived there. Yeah, right? and, and it was like, that's, oh, that's
1: oh, that's a whole other. There's not yeah. a lot about fandom there that was just that's a rough situation. Yeah, that
0: that's just like a dark time, and, and two that had a lot to do with CTE, which people mm-hmm. wouldn't, you know. But to tie it, like, yeah, to tie back
1: to this yeah. Lula story, another moment where wrestling fans shouting something down with their passion and loyalty was actually a positive thing, is um, maybe four weeks out from WrestleMania, maybe five weeks out from WrestleMania, don't quote me as when, WWE has been having a renaissance of women athletes doing everything the men do.
0: Yeah, Total Divas, you know. Well, Total Total
1: Divas as a reality show was... Just a good launching point. I would argue that brought them a step back. Or calling the women divas at the time was actually a huge problem. That about three years ago they they renamed the title the women's title instead of the divas title, and women's wrestling was very much at the forefront of this company. And they like once again they had a thirty two woman they had a thirty two woman tournament. Like uh, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Bailey, like all of these people are just doing amazing things. Ronda Rousey just came yeah, in. Yeah, like, that's what i was saying. It was like right now,
0: they've em- got really big rumors. They're doing. Like, they're yeah. doing
1: all of these amazing things. Um, Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks worked a hell on a cell match that went on at last in a pay per view, like the um, the Women's Royal Rumble this year, which is the first time they've ever yeah, had that. a Women's Royal Rumble that went on last. Like they they've been having such a good run for women in their company. And then one day they run a package on how great Moolah is. Oh. And that they're having... Because Andre the Giant, who just had that yeah. documentary on HBO, on HBO, they they have a big uh, battle royal called the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And they've had it in the past probably four or five WrestleManias. Which, if you ask me, there's way too many words in Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And usually WrestleMania gets fit in somewhere. Put in the similar ilk, we're gonna have a men's elimination chamber. We have to have a women's elimination chamber. We're gonna have a men's ladder match. We're gonna have a women's ladder match. We're gonna have an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. We should have a fabulous Moolah wow. Memorial Battle Royal. And they run this package for they run this package four times in one week that heralds how great Moolah was, how pioneering Moolah was for the women's wrestling business, and immediately. Public backlash. How dare, like...
0: That's like having a Kevin Spacey school for boys. Um, well, <laughs> let's be fair,
1: let's be fair, like, yes. Yeah. Yes, however, like, Kevin Spacey was kind of, like, outed fairly recently. Yeah. He's still with us, and it's, yeah. Like, whereas Moolah is, like, Mula is no longer with us to defend herself.
0: Okay, Michael Jackson school for boys? That'll be more closely in line. Fair. <laughs> no, that's...
1: That's fair. <laughs> Although I feel like there's a lot of... I think I'm trying to think if Bill Cosby had passed, and then everything came out yeah. about Bill Cosby, would be the best example I can think of yeah. about what happened to
0: Mullah, Because Mula, there was a good legacy with because, Cosby. Yeah, Mula yeah. yeah. left
1: the Earth with this kind of a legacy, so much so that like it was actually fairly easy for them to distance themselves from her because she's not she's not with us. But what? So it was incredibly boneheaded of them to name a battle royal after her by the way the battle royal the under the giant battle royal usually doesn't mean very much it's a it's a way to get 60 guys out there it's a way to get 60 guys out there because you already flew them into wherever city you are and get them out there and get the notoriety and then one of them gets to be the battle royal winner and it usually doesn't amount to much case in point last year a guy named mojo Rowley won the battle royal over a guy named jinder mahal jinder mahal was world champion for the majority of the, t- the 12 months from WrestleMania to WrestleMania and Mojo Rally, like, the the, the, the Battle Royal itself isn't a harbinger of f- future success. And then to name it after Moolah, like, it was just this outrage and, like, a bunch of women wrestlers were completely silent about it on Twitter. Mm. And then a bunch of former women wrestlers who aren't, who aren't signed by the WWE and then a bunch of other people who are just incredibly outspoken, just really, like, within the course of seven days... Like ripped this, up, like ripped this apart. And Snickers is a name. Snickers, which is uh, Mars, Mars candy. Yes. They're the name sponsor of WrestleMania, and they came out with a statement within seven days of saying, "We don't believe the allegations against Fabulous Moolah are in line with the family values we like to put our names on." And then oh, magically, it became the yeah. WrestleMania Battle Royal. Huh. <laughs> so, the the women's WrestleMania Battle Royal. I was I was still pushing for Andrea the Giant. I know she yeah. I know her there is an actual Andrea the Giant but she like her career is obviously not in the stature of Andrea or Mula. But that was my joke yeah, always. Yeah. Or
0: you know, China obviously had some issues but certainly never anything that um, she didn't China didn't kind of, do things. Yeah. There were no criminal allegations against her. Yeah, exactly. China. That's why I was like hers is more like sad but she did a lot for women in wrestling. At least yeah. me growing up I always remember her being a big part, and, you know, since she's passed, I'm like, I'm surprised she wasn't even considered.
1: Um, well, they obviously didn't yeah. consider her while she was with us,
0: yeah.
1: because of, because of what she had been up to around
0: yeah. that time,
1: which is weird, because there's a woman named Sunny.
0: Yeah, I remember her, yeah. Granted,
1: Sunny didn't do porn until after she joined the, until yeah. after she went into the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, because I'm like, porn, well, not the best thing, it's not illegal. And, yeah, yeah, it's not illegal, it's yeah. not
1: exploitative, it's not yeah. exploitive, it's You're not, choosing that. Like, it's and, not terrible. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, I don't know, the allegations against Mula and, like, more people, more people have gone, have verified these allegations than have come out and said that they were wrong. Like, people, I'm not denying that people have come out and said that it's completely overblown. It's completely overblown, I don't know why they're making, like, I don't know why they're doing this to my friend and all that stuff, but, like, once again, those might have been people that just weren't treated poorly,
0: yeah, by a woman who
1: may have treated people poorly. Like both things can be true.
0: Yeah, because I mean, like when Jon Stewart came out about Louis C. K., he's like, I had no idea, yeah. but I feel stupid. Like you know that me- he goes, I totally believe these women. I mean, yeah, I completely. Believe that's the way women. you say it. Yeah, know,
1: it's just I don't know. Some people some, like I think mean, this is definitely a different podcast, but like I do think computers in the computer age, has led us to be, as humans, to be super binary when, like, we shouldn't be binary. Yeah. Like, you can have mixed feelings about the Fabulous Moolah. You yeah. can have mixed feelings about Chris Benoit. You can have mixed feelings about O.J. Simpson. You have yeah. mixed feelings about Bill Cosby. And yeah. I think wrestling uh. fandom, more than a lot of other fandoms, like, don't really fall in line. Like, they're not actually sheeple. Like, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, like, you're pretty much on board with whatever the Philadelphia Eagles do. Including hire Michael Vick, because well, I lived in Philadelphia yeah. at that time, and there were people who were straight up like I don't support him at all. Are you gonna? Are you are you gonna like sell your season tickets? Nah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Well, and, and that's what I love is like at least being a Cowboys fan. Like Cowboys fans, like we'll call them out on their crap just like I, I do my my stars. Um, so we're a little different, but yeah, I know those, it's like, it is either my way or the highway, which is crazy, because like, Adam Carolla's trying to make this documentary about the first black race car driver, Willie yeah. T. Ribs, and he can't get it into festivals because there's a positive story about Bill Cosby helping this guy, and he's like, seriously? Not, he did a lot of good, just because yeah. this exists. speaking as a Temple grad, yeah.
1: speaking as a Temple University yeah. graduate, I don't, I think by, I don't, like, that kind of binary stuff, like, really, really hurts us. Yeah. Cause like we can we can walk in Shugam at the exact same time, I like I don't know it's that's a fresh that's for another time that's I'm having le- more and more trouble bringing it back to this topic yeah <laughs> but that's a, that's the yeah. way I feel a while I think the final story I brought with me is um, WrestleMania last year was in Orlando which downtown Orlando is actually really really nice and, I, like, I've I, never
0: been to Orlando I lived in Orlando oh, yeah. for a minute
1: yeah. and like I had never seen downtown Orlando until I was there for WrestleMania. So WrestleMania happens um, at the football stadium, or the Camping World Stadium, the Orange Bowl, whatever kind of whatever it's known as. Jimmy Buffett played there last week. <laughs> um, uh, but then all of the all of the other shows happened at the arena, and the arena was in the downtown section. Whereas I would just came from New Orleans. Whereas in New Orleans, you go to the Smoothie King Arena, where it is, and then it dumps you out in New Orleans, which is just vast, vast of consumerism, cool stuff to do. Yeah. Whereas Downtown Orlando is cool. However, there's one main street. There's one main thoroughfare you walk in, and that's pretty much it. So when you leave the arena for NXT, which is the show that happens on Saturday night, we all leave the arena. It was one of the best shows of the year, NXT that year was. We all leave the arena, and we're all pretty much twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 of us, however many were in that arena, are all pretty much walking down the same street. As we're walking down that same street, there was a hall on that street that had a wedding reception. And at at that wedding reception, like that wedding reception, they either chose this time or were completely oblivious to this fact, but they went outside to have photos on that street. Ugh. As 20,000 wrestling fans poured out of an arena onto the one street you could go unless you're going to your car. Like that's that's kind of, I'm not downgrading downtown Orlando, but that's what it was from my perspective there. And I remember I was one of the first people out and I kind of saw, um, what do you call it? I kind of saw an entire <laughs> wedding reception empty out into the street to take photos, complete with a bride and a groom and a wedding party. And like. And my first thought was, oh my God, wrestling fans are going to hijack and ruin this. Oh my God, this is going to get bad. They should go- Somebody should tell them to go back inside. This is going to get bad and then Thank sure enough. It's sure like the zombie apocalypse. Sure enough, like five yeah. like five, ten thousand people start cheering over, and instead of like hijacking it, which to a certain extent they did kind of hijack this wedding with a bunch of yes chants, but they crowded around they crowded around it like it was a thing, because it was a thing. Yeah. It's a wedding reception, like it's a huge celebration. And they just kind of join in the celebration and they start chanting yes, 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 which is a very wrestling chant to do. <laughs> They do the, you deserve it, clap, 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 they do that, and then they just, then there's kiss chants, and just, like, what I thought would, like, sour an entire wedding reception, wrestling fans, actually enhanced a wedding reception in Orlando that night. And, like, I remember tweeting, I'm sure I could find it and retweet it whatever week, whatever day you released this, that I watched this happen, and... This was also 2017. This would have been April of 2017, so we weren't far out from, like, as a leftist person, like, as a left person, like, a lot of things not going my way, and civility feeling like it was dead, and institutions feeling like they were dying, and, like, humanity feeling like it's awful, and, like, wrestling fans <laughs> were the were the people that actually gave me hope for humanity.
0: Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, and in that time you had, like, the floods in Houston, everybody coming together, but it's yeah. like... The wrestling fans did that, too, for this wedding reception. And I'm like, oh, that, like, warms my heart. It
1: really was, like, I I guarantee you the tweet said something to the no. effect of everything that's happened in the last 12 months. Me watching, me watching thousands of wrestling fans make a wedding reception, which is already very special. It's a wedding. More special. Instead of crap on it. Which is what we're known to do. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Just, like, really warms my heart and, like, actually helped me regain faith in humanity.
0: Yeah, like, it was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, huh? Like a bag one, flowing yeah. in the wind. Uh, another Kevin Spacey. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. No, that was a good, yeah, was a I good was call, like, but yeah. I'm not going to touch that. Yep. But I, that was, I think that would be wrestling fan. And then I'm sure if you, I'm sure if you really dug in deep of one of those thousands of people, you'll find one prepubescent boy who's actually 35 Scream, show me your tits! Mm -hmm. Because, you know.
0: Yeah. It is wrestling fans. (laughs) It's,
1: but they're the best and the worst of humanity. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, you look to, if you really want to look to see, like, the barometer of true humanity, not just people on one side or another side or this or that, like, true humanity, I think wrestling fans are a decent, decent barometer of that. Yeah. Like, Like, a decent, a decent barometer of everyone, not just one side or another side or, like, they're... Politically, because we kind of got there. There, I wouldn't say wrestling fans are split, but like I definitely think, like you would find a more—if there were ever a fandom I was a part of that, that happens to have a, like a more conservative
0: base, it's probably wrestling fandom. Yeah, but it's what's so great about it is people can come together even if they disagree on politics and still go watch a wrestling match. Yeah. Or disagree mm, yeah. about John Cena. Yeah, they'd be like, "You hate John Cena? I hate John Cena. You're all right." (laughs) Yeah, when you crapped on this Roman
1: Reigns Brock Lesnar match at the at the main event of WrestleMania, so did I. They didn't write it right. They didn't do it. But yeah, yeah. I guess that's and that's all the notes I brought. I brought notes.
0: Yeah, I know all professional
1: and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) I wanted to gather my thoughts about (laughs) pro wrestling fans. Yeah, and then pretty much vomit them out onto your podcast. That works. This is
0: the vomit podcast. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, where can they keep up the conversation with oh, you, man. Steve?
1: Uh, the people can find me mainly on Twitter, at Steve Coffin. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N. I also post on Instagram, but mainly on Thursdays. And you can follow uh, the pro wrestling channels that I run. It's about the same My pro wrestling sh- yeah. That's you uh, YouTube YouTube.com slash something to wrestle. Soon to be YouTube.com slash what happened when. Soon to be YouTube.com slash 83 weeks. Oh, wow. Or the, yeah. the three big ones. It's Eric Bischoff, Tony Schiavone, and Bruce Pritchard are the three big clients I have right now.
0: Wow, well, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, since I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. See you next Tuesday. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Mrs. Brightside. As I say, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do that right there. That helps me out, pushes me up in the iTunes game and then I can keep doing these. Also, if you rate it five, maybe even four stars, I will uh, read your comments on, on the air. If you give me a rating and then a comment, I can do that, as I've done before. And while you're in the podcast app, whichever one you use, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, whichever these are available on, I have another podcast called The Red Room, your horror news source. It is also a YouTube channel with the same name, The Red Room, Your Horror News Sorts, but it also comes in podcast form. So if you prefer to listen to me, not really watch me, just be sure to subscribe to that as well. And the same deal, you give us a rating and a comment and I will read it on the air. So yeah, thank you guys so much and see you next Tuesday.